like uh, we decided to announce publicly that we were going to raise $20 million. So I documented every step of the process, but I knew that if we received an offer, we would say no. Uh, the idea was, you know, like in the press, you always associate the success of a company to the amount of money they raise. Welcome to another episode of The Top VC. I'm your host, Adam O'Donnell. I interview top CEOs, venture capitalists, and tech executives based in Silicon Valley and beyond. I asked them one question. What's one unconventional trend or strategy that's worked incredibly well? No fancy music, no fluff, boom. Which I think is an issue uh, because I help a lot of founders and a lot of them come to see me and ask me, you know, like, uh, hey, G, um, I, I've been meeting with investors for the like six months and I keep getting rejection messages. Can you help me with my pitch? And then I'm like, yeah, but you don't have a customer. So instead of trying to raise money, you know, you should focus on profitability uh, and potentially like talk to your user. Because for me and my point of view is that the, the best investors you can get is your customer's money. So essentially like it's, uh, it, it was a goal for us to share our message to a broader audience saying that you can be in hyper growth, you can be a scale up, but you don't always have to raise money. I'm not against fundraising, but I think when you do it, you should do it for the good reasons. So it was a good way to start the debate. And yeah, it was, uh, it was basically broadcasted, broadcasted worldwide. So it, <laughs> it worked uh, pretty well, yeah. And so how did you turn down? What, what was the turn down aspect of this? So essentially, like um, we received the first offer of 20 million at $100 million valuation. And once we say that, we said, okay, we're going to give ourselves an extra week before we decide. And from there, we received another offer, but this time not from a VC, but from a private equity fund. Uh, give like offering $30 million with $15 million in cash out, which was like, you're really huge. And, uh, and then, you know, once we received all the offers, we explained, uh, we recorded a video where we explained uh, and the video I think did like 30, a bit more than 30,000 views on YouTube, but uh, other interviews and everything got like millions of views because a lot of media like shared it. Uh, and uh, yeah, we announced it publicly explaining like the reason why and uh, really detailing who we are uh, and what we stand for, what our company values and what we want to do in the future. That is really impressive, man. So, so you've decided to not do this, to yeah. not take that money. Help, help yeah. me understand that. Cause it, it like, you obviously already have the profitability. You have great growth. Like help me, like what, what's your long-term vision? Cause it, it just, it pulls us in. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah. if you turn that down, then I want to know more. Yeah. So essentially like uh, our goal is really like to help a million entrepreneurs worldwide to launch a profitable business. So that's kind of our mission. Uh, and uh, my goal is to really like, actually like, you know, when we started Lemlist, uh, I thought that fundraising was the only route to success. So for me, you know, it was, uh, it was pretty clear. We had to raise funds if we wanted to make a successful business and become in hyper growth. But I kept, re I kept receiving like rejection messages from VCs and everything. So at some point I was kind of fed up. And then I received a message from one of our users who just had closed like a $20,000 contract. And that person, I had kind of like coached him, help him, you know, like uh, do his sales prospecting messages, et cetera. And then, you know, like I, the only thing I knew at that time is I wanted to recreate that feeling, you know, of helping others. And for me, since then, you know, we just focused, we are just solely focused on helping our users succeed. So that's why we built a community, which later on became the biggest community around sales automation. And step by step, you know, we started having like all this traction, all this network of amazing people. And then I was like, I see too many people who are wasting a huge amount of time on trying to raise funds when actually they should focus on creating value, solving a problem and really like focusing on their customers and focusing on bringing value. So I was like, we need to do that at a larger scale. And, uh, and now we have tons of projects um, 
within the company, but also like uh, new courses to educate like a much larger audience. So I did like, uh, I tested a course on the French market that worked really, really well. And now I'm launching it internationally because actually like 80% of our customers are US based. And I think France is like very little market for us, even though we're like French company. So eventually, you know, I was like, okay, this has worked well because someone asked me to do a course and the, the results were just amazing. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna spend a bit more time, create something really, really well structured to showcase, you know, like how we managed to get that hyper growth, how we managed to do all these things and just share it with other people that can replicate it. And, uh, and yeah, for me, I think that's, uh, that's the most rewarding feeling. You know, it's like when you have someone that you've helped who's basically like has his life changed because I think entrepreneurship is all about like life-changing things. You know, you start a, a journey and you became from, if you, if you were an employee before and you become a founder, it's a totally new thing. And if you can get that freedom, you re, I mean, I think for me, it was like eye-opening, you know, and I want, I guess, more people to feel the way I felt when, when I had that change in my life. That is so exciting, man. And so you were able to prove the value of what you're creating uh, in addition to just the monetary piece, but also the fact that you're able to, to, that you turned down 30 million. And I'm just still, I'm just still so excited by that. Cause it just, it shows that like you were able to build a really profitable successful business that in the irony is that even venture venture funding as well as um, private equity became options when you focused on the right things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think for some people, you know, eventually at some point, if they get to the same stage as we are and they want to fundraise, I think there is nothing wrong in that. You know, it's like, it's just a different route and you choose the one you want to take. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're not saying it's objectively like you shouldn't do it, but your point is focus yeah, on the value that you're creating for your customers. And that's going to produce, that's going to be what's going to really take over. And I, I completely agree with that because a lot of the, the, a lot of entrepreneurs that I see, they get so fixated on their deck and like making yeah. it perfect. And it's like, the, you know what I'm talking about? And the yeah, deck is, it's like, as an investor, it's like, I've seen really bad decks that we invested in and as well as really good decks, but it's just like, it's not about, we're, we're trying to use that as a signal to figure out like, is this a real mm -hmm. business that's, that's going to work? At the end of yeah. the day, that's what matters. And also, you know, like uh, something I've seen with uh, founders who have fundraised either because of their track record, so it was easy for them to fundraise or because they had like a, a great team or great idea or, what, or early traction. But the truth is that most of them use the money as an excuse to hide and stop doing things that really matter. So I see tons of founders, they're going to raise $1 million like as a seed or whatever, or pre-seed just because they want to hire their first sales rep or their first person in growth or marketing. I spent like a year and a half doing uh, sales, marketing, customer support, and I, it was just me, you know, but during one year and a half, I know all my customers, like it was really like, and even though, you know, they were t telling things, you know, that really hurt when they talk about the product because it's your baby. And, but I think you need that pain to really understand what are other people experiencing. And from an outside view is that if you don't do this, at some point, you're, you're going to stop, you know, feeling the pulse of the markets and you're going to be way too far from the actual business that you're going to kind of like lose. And your vision, it's just going to be something that don't apply to real people. And what I do here is I keep spending tons of time with our users. I keep, you know, like doing the things that don't scale, but I don't care because one, I like to do it. And two, it gives me amazing insights, you know, for the future. So that is so good because we get fixated on a vision that does, that's disconnected with reality and the pain point, like you just said, that we're actually solving for a customer. And so when you're, when you're like so in the weeds, it seems like how is me answering the support ticket the right thing as a founder? I should be doing you know, higher level things like raising money. Yeah. And it's like, absolutely not. That's the insight <laughs> that you get to make decisions. And that's how you kind of earn the ability of what you're saying 
to be able to have that vision? Because in the beginning, you, you don't even know what's actually going to work. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you can have a really good idea at first, but for me, you know, like it has always in the early days of Lemlist, actually, I felt really bad because all the founders I had chat with who had like raised tens of millions, they were telling me, you really need to have like the vision of your company, know where you're going to want your company to be in five or 10 years. And then I was like, well, no, I don't have that yet. So I felt like shit, but actually, you know, like it, it made me like a really good listener because I was talking to everyone really trying to understand and step-by-step my ambition grew and also my vision of the markets got much more like uh, precise and I knew exactly what we needed to do. But to do that, I had to do the process of being the only one for a year and a half, doing all these things that don't scale and then after be able to hire a team, but at least I knew what it was. So when I hired, uh, for example, our first sales rep, I was like, okay, I was doing marketing, sales and support. So I know that the least you can do is that amount of uh, money, you know, like, because some people, they hire sales reps, they have never done sales in the past. And then they're like, yeah, I think they're good or maybe not. I don't know. And if you do it yourself, you know that you want to hire people that will become better than you. So you can, you know, what's the best line, but yeah. Oh, Guillaume, thank you so much. How can we, how can we stay in touch with you? If we want to reach out, have questions, LinkedIn or Twitter email, something like that. Yeah, I think LinkedIn is good. It's uh, just a G and uh, I guess you can put the link of my profile, but LinkedIn is the best way or email guillaume at lemlist.com. Awesome. Boom. Thank you so much. <laughs>